Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. How we deal with challenges and tragedy is reflected and informed in the stories and art of our society. This is not always the same in different cultures. In this episode, I'm thrilled to be speaking with my dear friend, Dr. Bihani Sarkar, who is a scholar of Sanskrit and ancient Indian culture, language, history, and society. She is an associate faculty member of the Oriental Institute at Oxford University and member of Wolfson College. Bihani has a doctorate in Sanskrit from Oxford University, where she focused on the cult of the warrior goddess Durga in medieval Indian kingship. This research was the basis for her first book. She has subsequently held postdoctoral fellowships at Hamburg University, was a British Academy postdoctoral fellow at Oxford, and has been a teaching fellow at Leeds University. Bihani has just published her second book, titled Classic Sanskrit Tragedy, The Concept of Suffering and Grief in Medieval India. This book focuses on the way tragedy is dealt with in ancient Indian text, which is what I would like us to dig into today and see what we can learn from these ancient texts and the way that they portray people overcoming mental and emotional obstacles. Thank you very much, Bihani, for joining me today. Thank you, Kinga, for firstly for you know this this huge honor that uh-huh. that that you've asked me, thought of me for for this conversation, and also um, for for thinking of this this wonderful topic of portraying um, different people's learning curves and learning journeys. Because I feel in my personal life, the if if in my personal learning curve had I heard other people's journeys, I think I would have felt much better in the way because it oh, was hard. That's great. Uh, so yes, congratulations on this wonderful idea, and I hope you you know that 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 you get lots of wonderful people to to talk to you and share their stories. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'm very excited to have you and uh, on this show <laughs> and to be able to talk to you. And what a phenomenal place we're speaking at as well. And you're warm and wonderful home by the fire and drinking tea and cookies which is this is a very natural setting exactly exactly what we do on a regular basis we do this every day so this is not out of the common it's It's perfectly normal to talk about tragedy while feeling absolutely comfortable in front of the fire with cookies and tea exactly the best way to talk about tragedy the best way it makes it a a heavy topic it definitely lightens it up so i'm really really happy to be doing this tell me a little bit about what the book is about the book is called um, Classical Sanskrit Tragedy, the Concept of Pathos and Grief in Medieval India. Um, it, it looks at how tragic episodes are represented in a very fertile period of Indian literature, which is called the Classical Period from the 2nd to about the 5th centuries AD. 
Uh, and these texts that that um, in which these depictions appear are written in a very ancient Indian language called Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. uh, this language is like the Latin and Greek to Europe. It's mm. it's the mother of all the Indian languages. It was the language in which high culture expressed itself. It's the language in which religious text expressed itself. Mm -hmm. um, in my book, I am countering a certain stereotype and the stereotype is that uh, Sanskrit works that came out from that period, Sanskrit poetry and drama that came out from that period isn't really concerned with unhappy events at all, okay. that it's somehow escapist literature, right. that it's only only preoccupied with happy endings and yes there is a truth in it because if we compare it to Western tragedy, which mm -hmm. always ends unhappily, um, we will say that there is no unhappiness in Sanskrit literature because Sanskrit poetry and drama do, do not end unhappily. Mm, but that doesn't mean there isn't unhappiness exactly, in it. Exactly. Exactly. What what where we have to look at to find tragedy is not at the end, which is where we're used to looking at mm -hmm. for, for tragedy. We have to look at the middle. Mm -hmm. And this is the tragic heart of Sanskrit poetry and drama. In this tragic middle, we find the most glorious laments, the mm -hmm. most heartbreaking, um, soulful rapturous laments just like say if you listen to to opera or you watch opera and you find these moments of rapturous grief in the mm. middle um akin to that kind of in lavish outpouring of grief you find um you find horrible things happening in the middle like terrible deaths mm -hmm. abandoned wives um single mothers you know mm. left by their husbands uh really things that that a lot of us would recognize um from our present present day as tragedy as tragedy right. but it's because those things are resolved at the end mm -hmm. uh we I think that's might have led to the to the stereotype that no, you know, it's all about happiness and mm -hmm. and and kind of childish childish worlds. Right. Um, yeah. So what is that's really yes, that's really really interesting because taking the 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 sadness and the tragedy and putting it in the beginning uh, in the middle means that there's some form of resolution, which of course in life is. What we do, you know, there's many challenges that people face in their lives, many difficulties, which very often needs to be resolved in some way, shape or form. So is yeah. this more what those ancient plays and texts deal with? They focus more on the resolution of how? Exactly. So the way the narratives for both these, for both the poems and the, the dramatic works, the way the structure of the narrative is envisaged is that there is a certain crisis in the end, mm -hmm. in the middle, right. sorry. And it's the, the whole, in fact, this crisis is the turning point of the entire narrative. Right. And, but, but you can't just leave the crisis hanging in the air. Mm. The purpose of the narrative is to find crisis in the middle of the journey of lead characters. Mm -hmm. But then 
those characters have to confront that critical moment mm. and have to move beyond it. Mm. So narratives show exactly how those moments of crises are dealt with. And often, um, especially in earlier poetical works, it takes a long time to reach resolution. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, there's one very famous play by a poet called Kalidasa called the Shakuntala. In the middle, um, the central heroine of the play, Shakuntala, is um, literally abandoned by, by her husband, uh, King Dushyanta, who, um, because of uh, a supernatural occurrence forgets her mm. but she has his child mm. and there is a long period of separation between the two where she raises the child on her own for six years right. and it's only after that um you know the child grows up Dushyanta realizes the huge error that he's done and also in that six period, six year gap, he's he's he has to go through remorse. Mm -hmm. He has to go through a period of critical mental. So he's going toil. through a transition within himself. As exactly, well. he's and not the clear no, villain. and that's that it, exactly. Portrayed. So so that's what the play is interested in showing. It it wants to show that after that crisis, there is a transitional period. What you just said. And at the end of it, you, the, the resolution happens. So this is my idea of, of, of Indian tragedy. It's that tragedy happens to the best of us. Mm. And it happens to, to the heroes and heroines, mm -hmm. you know, to the people of courage, to, to the people, you know, that, that the world would go, oh my God, mm. kings and queens. End. But it's not the end. Right. It's, how, it's how central characters overcome that tragedy maybe some of them may not even overcome come it but how they they um get through it get through it how they grieve how they grieve the process of grieving right. is what is important so what are some examples of that that they that that have been portrayed maybe one of grieving and one of someone mm. succeeding through yeah a difficulty what would be an example of so one example of grieving would be a, a poem that that actually was the one of the inspirations for 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 my reaching out to this topic. It's a poem called the Lamentation of Rati, uh, the Rati Vilapa, and it comes in the middle of a great epic poem called the Kumara Sambhava, the birth of Kumara by this author Kalidasa again. And in the middle of this story, Rati, who is also the, who is the consort of the god of love, the mm. Indian god of love, Kama. In that story, Kama is, is killed. Mm -hmm. He's killed. And Rati is with Kama at the time that he is killed. So she finds that her husband has just died. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only has he died, but the god who kills him, Shiva, has burned him to a crisp. So mm -hmm. his beautiful body, Kama is a... Is a is a gorgeous god mm. and she finds that the man that she loved and she adored not only is he dead but his body has been burnt to, mm. to ashes there's nothing of him visible that's left and Rathi when she first confronts this she 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 goes into a swoon she she just you know she just goes off into loses consciousness 
but she comes out of it and then there follows a beautiful lament an mm. entire chapter called the rati vilapa it's about a good nearly 50 verses and at the end and 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 it's important to the author to show this woman's voice mm. to show that she's grieving and how does she grieve like how does that thing portrayed she she so the vilapa is a lament and rathi launches into the most powerful the most eloquent lament mm. i feel in sanskrit literature it um it, it's almost as if this woman who's been voiceless for so long in the story she has her moment mm. and the poet allows her this time to truly articulate her soul so i see this as rati expressing her will right. as well so it's not just that she's grieving but she's also expressing her will she's she's angry in that lament she's saying that you know i didn't do anything to deserve this mm-hmm. why did you or god's kill my husband why did you destroy our lives mm-hmm. so um th- this is a moment i would say of grieving at the end of it karma doesn't come back to life he's dead mm-hmm. she has to face that but what that in the story what that shows is that um at the end of this death you know kalidasa could have just launched into a second part of the story he doesn't he wants to show how this woman grieves and show the fluctuations of her and feelings show the fluctuations and which is important mm. which is important because that lament also becomes a form of philosophical contemplation mm-hmm. in that lament Rathi talks about really important philosophical concepts in Indian um in Indian religion things about topics like who causes grief mm-hmm. fate um me did did I do something wrong the gods usually it's this character called fate mm. so this lament also becomes a mirror for bigger questions right in the poem which so so otherwise we wouldn't have this kind of focus on philosophical contemplation but we get that in this moment of tragedy right because very often it ends with the death of the main character exactly and the 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 devastation that yes is felt yeah but here the focus is not so much on the death but rather the emotional journey and psychological journey exactly. of the person who survives exactly reminding the audience also of all the different phases of grief and also the different things that they might think of and throughout it's human. their grief and mm-hmm. and also by showing that here is a is is rathi is is not a human character she's a kind of goddess right but this happens to the even the gods grieve mm-hmm. it's something that is so natural and in this world of beautiful um of of beauty you know sanskrit poetry and dramas is 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 really it, con- it constructs a world of beauty right. beautiful clothes beautiful women beautiful men mm-hmm. uh, gods you know everything's perfect in this world of beauty bad things also happen right. the universe is filled with both 
adversity as well as auspiciousness. And this is the, the underlying idea of classical Sanskrit uh, poetry and right. drama. That's very interesting, and you're uncovering that in your, in your upcoming book. And the reason I'm very interested in this is because I think from that, as an audience looking at movies and plays and art and um, works of literature, it's an important reflection on people going through grief, people going yeah. through hardship, to see that process in someone yeah. else, even if it's a fictional god yeah. character, um, but to see that process and to see examples of how one can go through that is is, is can be very therapeutic for people. Exactly, because the way it is therapeutic is that usually we find that after this moment of grief, there is resolution. Mm. There is a, a what what I am thinking of in the book as a rebirth. Right. There is a second birth. Mm-hmm. There is in the middle a deep rupture that's profound. Right. You know, women being abandoned by the people who are the most mean the most to them, a horrific death. Or in some cases temporary madness mm-hmm. you know temp- or mental absence you mm-hmm. know, so, so losing the absence of the mind mental breakdown mental maybe. breakdown yeah exactly yeah. but instead of where in western tragedy that adversity would would culminate in death and would thereby be seen to be something that is destructive in this case in the indian case adversity leads to new beginnings after you go through a period of mourning, mm-hmm. which is also a period of philosophical reflection, mm-hmm. something new happens, right. something beautiful happens, and that's the resolution at the end of the work. Mm-hmm. That's when you know wives get reunited with their with their husbands and their children, mm-hmm. and in the case of say in the in the Kumar Sambhava, Rati is not reunited with her husband; he's dead, but we get a cosmic a, a reunion of the two uh, well the love the, the 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 marriage of the two greatest gods of 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 the indian religion shiva and parvati well greatest for that author sure. um for that author so so it's this death is replaced mm-hmm. by something that is fruitful beautiful and auspicious mm-hmm. but in order for that great harmony at the end to take place something must break in the middle right and what is an example of a situation where in the literature where uh, overcoming in this case of course there was overcoming the grief but not necessarily overcoming adversity Mm. Uh, but is there an example of overcoming adversity yes that well grief is for in the in the indian case grief is something that is inevitably the outcome of adversity mm-hmm. it is somehow the biggest expression of a difficult universe i mean the 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 biggest the testing period for characters in these works is for them to undergo a period of grief okay. and Adversity for me, I mean, thinking about it, I would go back to that play, the Shakuntala, where the adversity really is that her husband forgets her, not because of his fault, but because of the supernatural event. So that's the adversity. That's where the where universe her husband left and took the left and, 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 and forgets her. forgets that right. he has a wife, yes. and that happens because of this 
you know, this chance occurrence where a sage curses Shakuntala. Mm-hmm. He says that, you know, he says, oh, um, because Shakuntala neglected her duties, you know, her good Indian girl's duties to kind of, you know, be, to wash the sage's feet and give appropriate honor to him. Because she had forgotten that, he curses her. He said, you know, I I curse you that the person that you you focus on with your with your mind mm-hmm. on, on nobody else I hope that he completely he forgets you. Mm. So this is a kind of complete blow of fate. It's totally unexpected. Right. It's adversity. It it's 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 you know. And how the, does she deal with it? What what is she? What is that transitional tragic period in the middle? In the middle, where she grows and, and in the middle, well, it's something. it's a horrible thing. After that, you think, oh my god, this is going to be awful because she goes to her husband, and as a result of the curse, he he says he repudiates her. He mm. says, I don't recognize you, and of course she's angry. She says, how can you how can you do this to me? And then she realizes, of course she knows that it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, death, but nothing can be done. Nothing can be done. He's 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 lost his his memory of her. After this, there follows a period of six years. She's separated from him. From him, she raises the child mm-hmm. that she has by him by herself. And in the meantime, something good happens. In that, to go back to the story, when the sage had cursed her, he said that. As I give you this, as long as you can, as long as he can see a token of remembrance, which is a ring. Mm-hmm. When he sees that ring, he will remember everything. But if he doesn't, he'll be in this state of forgetfulness. Okay. But the thing is that she loses the ring, you see, which is why she could, you know, she could never she remind him. Spell. Yeah, she couldn't break the spell. Right. So six years go by, the ring's lost. We think, oh my God, this is the end. This is proper adversity she's right. you know proper adversity but thank goodness to the wonderful world of the sanskrit play <laughs> the ring is found and the ring is found in the belly of a fish how oh how faded is yes. i mean how completely by chance is that and the ring is found the king remembers but you know even then it's not going to be it's even then reunion isn't going to be so easy because the playwright really wants to show that he feels bad so when the king sees the ring he finds the ring he sees oh my god the woman that i repudiated was my wife oh my god and he sinks into depression Hmm. and you know what as an audience as a reader of that play i'm like good on you i need to see you (laughs) suffer I need to see you suffer. So there is a whole act in which his suffering is portrayed. Mm. And we still... And his growth is portrayed. His growth is portrayed, you see. His growth is portrayed. But even at that point, we're never sure that they're going to be reunited. Mm -hmm. We think that, you know, they're still apart. But the author is very kind. At the end, the two by this mystical fate are brought together. And when they are, oh, it's a beautiful... It's really this moment of harmony it's this you know when he's he meets the child that he's had by his wife whom he hasn't seen at all Mm. so that would be my example of an adversity right but the the ending is that something wonderful came out of it Mm -hmm. they had to go through that journey it was a testing period for the both of them but especially for the husband but he once that testing period 
um, there was an end to that testing period. Mm-hmm. There is an end, and that end is good. Right, that's very interesting. And, I mean, obviously these are ancient texts, and they are also fantastical and, and, and fiction, obviously. Mm. But, um, but what do you think is the impact of that, mm. the tragedy not being mm. final? Do you yeah. think that there has, what, what is the impact on the audience? Yeah. Is there something that can be pulled out that is I unique? Think for me, I mean, the reason why these moments of tragedy helped me personally is that it shows that difficult situations can be overcome. Mm. It, it shows that these moments of really horrible things happening, they, they don't spell doom. Right. They don't mean death, you know. Um, West in Western tragedy, it means death. There's no point to life, mm-hmm. but here, it shows that yes, it's a big bump in the road, but it can lead positively, and you can overcome it. First lesson. Second lesson is that grieving is important, mm-hmm. and it is okay to grieve, mm-hmm. and everyone grieves, and grieving can even be beautiful and enriching because it matures. It mm. matures, it's transitional. It makes one from a child to an adult. Third thing is that uh, adversity happens to, to the best of us. Right. And in fact, as these plays show, it happens only to the best of us. Mm. It's not the, the, the villains and the, and the really nasty types who, you, you know... It's it, the gods and goddesses. It's the god and goddesses that go through these, but they're sh- they, 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 and they are shown to grief. Mm-hmm. They're shown in what perhaps some people might think of as weak moments or vulnerable moments, because even great heroes, great strong uh, kings and gods, um, great strong kings in, 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 in Kalidas's case, they lament, they grieve. The heroes grieve as well. So it, it happens to the best and the strongest of us. So th- those, impor- I would say, are the three things that I learned. That's fantastic. And it's an important thing to portray, isn't it? Because it's, you know, it's through stories that we learn so much and through other people's stories that we can be inspired to realize we're not the only ones going through whatever we're going through. Exactly. Um, and that certainly has been something in my life that has always been very, very uh, central in my life by being told about other people's uh, struggles and other people's lives and other people, the way other people overcame difficulties uh, from a very young age has been, um, you know, my mother has very often brought back these stories to, to help me to see what is possible and yeah. that I'm not the only one going through something difficult. That is kind and of natural, it isn't is, it? Exactly. That, that's what I've, in fact, nowadays, the more I talk to people, mm. I mean, for me, these, these quote unquote academic works have a very deep personal resonance. Right. And, and what it, and every time I talk to people or read these, these works, the, I think that it's actually more natural than, mm. than, than unnatural. I mean, I, I, if I find somebody and I and I see and I th- and I th- and they give the impression to me that everything's hunky dory and wonderful and perfect in their lives, I'm thinking, this is something you know, what's wrong there? Mm. <laughs> They're hiding something, yes. or or they haven't really grown up, right? You know, 
And um, even in fiction, of course, we often look to movies and to plays and to books uh, to hear other people's life mm. experiences. And this is just one really beautiful uh, example that I didn't know about, about the difference in ancient uh, Indian uh, literature about the way that tragedy is dealt with, which is certainly something that I'm sure the audience then and the audience now could really gain a lot from the different tools and strategies and thought processes that yeah. people, people I remember, go through. I remember when I first um, spoke to this about, about you, I remember mm-hmm. you, you told me that you know, it's more natural. Mm. It, in some ways, it chime, maybe it chimed with your life as as well. And it it's more it's a more natural way of showing of 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 thinking about tragedy. That is right. not <gasps> tragedy. This big thing. Yes. Of course, it's big. Of course, it's yes, horrific. Of but you know what? That's part of the world. Part of the journey. Part of the journey. Yes. That's it. This is. I think this is it. What 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 she said. It, it and what these show. What these ancient works show as well, that tragedy is part of the journey, mm. and if you don't go through something, um, uh, tragic and and deal with it and confront it, mm-hmm. confront it, you you remain a half person. Mm. You're not matured. So what inspired you um, to start digging into this topic and to start exploring mm. it and and writing your current book. Mm. Well, um, there were two things. Firstly, the poem that I had mentioned, the Rati Vilapa, the Lament of Rati. I, okay, so because it's your podcast, I'm going to share this personal detail with you um, and to your audiences. At that point, I had just gone through a horrible breakup. Um, I was, you know, really shattered shattered by it something so many of us have experienced exactly we all have our hearts badly broken and you know what it's horrible Mm, isn't it it is it really it's horrible (laughs) it can can, yeah we it can make it really makes 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 breaks and makes us um so at that point i was reading this this uh poem uh i was reading it you know well i came to it as as a kind as a research thing for an article but while I was reading it, it were, it brought up this whole suppressed bed of emotion mm. that was related to that breakup. In this woman's voice, I felt my own experience was being articulated. Mm. And I was reading this, in this woman's, in this goddess's voice from hundreds of years ago. Yes. I felt her words were, just expressed my heart. How powerful. That's it was incredible. powerful. That's an incredible and experience. And I was, I know maybe you'll find it a bit, odd but i was how <laughs> sometimes no it's not odd i don't know i i have this experience sometimes with some books or some films that just i don't know what happens i just kind of start to help it's so natural thankfully especially when it resonates it I mean, resonates it resonates, yeah. it resonates it touches on your own feelings exactly exactly you think you're the only one feeling exactly it just resonates um, and puts it into words exactly so it all came pouring out so that was the first inspiration but I never at that point thought that okay I'm going to write a book out of this it was just something purely private about two well say a year and a half after that that uh, incident I came across another work um, that that affected me profoundly and that was De Profundis by Oscar Wilde I first heard it actually I think the BBC had 
a, a poet recite that work. Um, I think it was on Radio 4. And I probably had it playing while I was, I don't know, cooking or something like that. Or I was doing something very ordinary. And I'd never, I'd heard about this work, but I'd never read it. I was slightly maybe intimidated by the mm-hmm. Latin title. But it's an, it's an English poem. And while I was listening to it again, I just thought, what an extraordinarily beautiful and powerful piece. Mm. This was a meditative reflection on grief and tragedy that Wilde wrote during or shortly after, I'm not quite sure exactly when, but the period coincided with time that he spent in prison. Mm -hmm. He was put in prison because he, at that point, homosexuality was a crime, and he 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 was put in prison because he was he was turned into a villain for being a homosexual, and it was a huge it was that tragic middle for mm-hmm. him, and out of that came the De Profundis. It it is it is almost like a diary of his time in prison, mm-hmm. but also at that point he learned that the man that he loved he loved, um, Bozy. Oh my goodness. I remember Bozy's nickname. I can't remember his, his proper name, which is uh, uh, Alfred Douglas. I think that was it, Alfred Douglas. So maybe maybe I, I might be wrong, but he's, of course, this nobleman, this, okay. this aristocrat. So the, this the De Profundis is addressed to Bozy. And the tragedy, the great tragedy of that time is Bozy cuts him off. Hmm. So the time that he really, everybody cuts Wild off. Everybody, his closest friends, his the, the entire social circle of London in which he's fetid. You know, he was this great celebrity. Mm-hmm. Wilde was one of the f- first celebrity, the real, you know, quote-unquote celebrity writers. Yes. Society turns his back on him. His family turns his back on him. and But most of all, the man that he really adores with passionately, deeply, truly... Yes. Bozy, Bozy just just cuts him off. Mm. So it's it's it, that piece is a piece from a broken heart, but it also becomes a meditation on big questions in life, like what is truth, what is sorrow, what is the point of sorrow, uh, what is art. You know, these enormous questions, but suddenly. I I felt that suddenly I'm coming across a piece of writing that is talking about these quote-unquote academic questions in a highly relatable way because it comes out of this deeply tragic moment. And his own pain, his own his very, own very pain. personal. That work, I mean, I can still, I've actually used a part of it as the opening of the book because when I heard it, when I heard the De Profundis, that's when the seed for this for my book came. Really? I thought, you know what, this is somehow, you know, the, the, the muses just started playing in my head. And I thought, no, I have to, I have to write about sorrow if from the Indian perspective, because everything that I was hearing Wild say, that the gravity of sorrow and the beauty of sorrow I had found in Indian tragedy. Mm-hmm. But whilst a profundus, was was enormous for me and it resonated with me personally i mean the, the, i guess the thought for the book came afterwards the first connection with the de profundis was personal because 
as you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've gone through my own, you know, uh, personal battles with mental mm-hmm. health and all of it. And that spoke to me in That's a way no other work f- felt, especially with things about depression and stuff like that. I, I mean, it was... Um, it felt it was hitting a nerve somewhere. It was putting a language to your feelings. It was putting it? a language to my feelings, and it was, and it was doing it. But it all sound. It came out so beautifully. Mm. It came out as something new, as right. as as the second birth, as a second That's birth. Amazing. So you felt that it was comforting, and it really felt that um, I've got my purpose. Okay. I feel charged. I feel both incredibly. Mm, I feel sorrowful but ecstatic at the same time. And ecstatic because? Because that sorrow that he was articulating was also so beautiful. It Mm. was so beautiful that it was also something joyful. Right. You know, and that's the power of art, isn't it? It is, That it can make something that is horrible in real life, something that is healing and beautiful, but it does that by the artist confronting their pain. And that confrontation with pain is mm, <laughs> difficult. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's a really, really beautiful way of, of seeing it. And, and having that effect is extremely powerful for it to have that effect on you. And out of it came this new book, which is... Well, it was a starting point. It was a starting, I, it was a spark that started. Yeah, and I've actually I've paid tribute to Wilde in the beginning mm-hmm. because I really think it's to him that the book comes out I mean oh, that's fantastic. for me writing the book is part of a healing process as well mm-hmm. so it's part of my personal journey right. and I wouldn't have had this connection with the subject had it not been for my own personal journey mm-hmm. in which the tragic has figured in a big way mm-hmm. for various personal sure, reasons absolutely. Yes, and that's that's exactly what literature speaks to, and exactly. being able to recognize that, yeah, and 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 seeing it, seeing others, even fictional characters, not in Wilde's case, but in 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 the Indian plays, fictional characters go through it, does provide a story to which you can relate and exactly. hold up a mirror to your own experience. But in the Indian case, what I really found helpful was that there's something positive that comes out of it, that mm-hmm. this whole tragic middle is seen as a process of growth. Right. It's not a process that leads to death, but it's a process that makes you grow. It makes you change for the better. Uh, of course, you've got to put in effort. I mean, they're not showing, Absolutely. you know. But what a wonderful reminder, isn't it? Mm. What a wonderful reminder to see challenges mm. and hardships as an opportunity yeah. for growth. Because we hear those people yeah. say that all the time. Yeah. But in art, to have that reflected as well. Exactly. It's a very good reminder when you are going through those difficult times that to look at it in the positive. Yeah. When there is no positive, but to look at the fact that, you know, this is an opportunity for exactly for rebirth and, and regrowth. He- exactly. And and heroes, mm-hmm. true heroes, the ones who you know, this is what the story shown. I think this is what maybe people who are everybody can take back is mm. that heroes go through that in the middle of their journey heroes need to go through that pain in order to be born again as 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 something glorious and even and heroes are also vulnerable mm. yesterday you and i we were talking about failure and success and i think here what it shows is that life throws failures at you but if you're smart 
if you're a fighter, if you don't give up, then those failures can teach you something. You can learn something new from them and and you carry on. Mm-hmm. You carry on and make the lesson into a weapon for yourself and, and make that failure a source of strength for you. I mean, I feel that our society has this whole narrative of success so much all around us and we don't see... We don't hear so much about failure as such. Mm. Mm-hmm. We don't hear so much about... We, we just hear about these wonderfully successful people. And and that's why the podcast is so good. Because it it shows that there is a learning journey to success. Yes. And failures come in and that learning journey. Ju- there is for everybody. Everyone and not to lose heart. But I think what is important, something that I've learned from you, which is to be disciplined, to be to be really strong, determined, and carry on, not to quit. And we all need those reminders from we art do. and from friends. <laughs> and, friends and this is exactly. such a beautiful example about the examples in, in, in learning about ancient uh, Indian literature, which I wasn't aware of at all before um, before knowing you and before ha- talking about your new book, which is fascinating. And I love that. So thank you very, very much. And thank I you really so much. appreciate you, thank you for telling us me. more about it. Thank but you. before we leave, I would love for you to share some kind of recommendation for me and for, for the listeners, something mm. that you think would be inspiring or interesting. I would recommend The De Profundis mm-hmm. by Wilde and I recommend I have recommended to a very close family friend who was going through a very bad, very bad period in, in his life and I bought a copy and I sent oh, it to him lovely. and um, we, you know, he, the thing that really resonated with him is, is this family member he called and said, oh my God. He was in prison. He was in prison. So just the idea that mm. Wilde was put in prison for, I don't know what, three, four years or however, mm. that just put his own trouble into such perspective. <laughs> you know, he was oh, like, he wrote this and he was in prison, he said. So I think it really does have something for everybody. And I remember one line from it where he says, sorrow is one long moment. And... And he describes how in prison, it's not about a feeling, but it's how like time becomes so still. Hmm. And it's this grinding, everyday slowness to time. And when I read that, I thought, oh my God, this is my life at that point. <laughs> at that moment. Yeah, I, I knew what he was, I knew that experience. But and I he's would, also saying that it's a moment. That it's a moment. Pass. That is a moment. Yeah. It is not an yeah. eternity. It is yeah. a moment. It is a moment, but it's important to inhabit it. Mm -hmm. It's it's all right to grieve. It's all right to feel like complete rubbish. (laughs) So would you like to share something from that work? Sure. Here's a passage from The De Profundis by Oscar Wilde. Now I find, hidden somewhere away in my nature, something that tells me that nothing in the world is meaningless. Nothing in the whole world is meaningless and suffering least of all. That something hidden away in my nature like a treasure in a field is humility. It is the last thing left in me and the best, 
the ultimate discovery at which I have arrived, the starting point for a fresh development. It has come to me right out of myself, so I know that it has come at the proper time. It could not have come before, nor later. Had anyone told me of it, I would have rejected it. Had it been brought to me, I would have refused it. As I found it, I want to keep it. I must do so. It is the one thing that has in it the elements of life, of a new life, of vita nuova for me. Of all things, it is the strangest. One cannot acquire it except by surrendering everything that one has. It is only when one has lost all things that one knows that one possesses it. Now I have realised that it is in me. I see quite clearly what I ought to do, in fact must do. I am completely penniless and absolutely homeless. Yet there are worse things in the world than that. I'm quite candid when I say that rather than go out from this prison with bitterness in my heart against the world, I would gladly and readily beg my bread from door to door. If I got nothing from the house of the rich, I would get something at the house of the poor. Those who have much are often greedy. Those who have little always share. I would not a bit mind sleeping in the cool grass in summer and when winter came on sheltering myself by the warm clothes thatched rick or under the penthouse of a great barn provided I had love in my heart. The external things of life seem to me now of no importance at all. You can see to what intensity of individualism I have arrived or am arriving rather for the journey is long, and where I walk, there are thorns. Mm. Great. Well, thank you so much. This is a real pleasure and an honor. So thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Kinga. And can I please share with everybody what uh, an inspirational life journey uh, that, that Kinga herself has had. Oh, that's true. And I really hope she shares with you because that is a learning experience oh, in itself, the challenges that you've had to overcome. Thank you. Well, that's the idea of the podcast is that everybody has something that is really highlighting and helpful to, to others to hear. And, uh, and, and I'm hoping more and more people will share their own stories and dig into the details of how they what they do, how they think through it, how they uh, hmm. how they negotiate and, and work through different situations in life, which hmm. leads to learning and learning to overcome and learning new things and, and learning in life. There you go, the second birth. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks.